Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not, we are coming to you from the city of Portland. That is the city of roses. <laughs> Today on Job Seekers Radio, uh, we're talking about what do you do when you get laid off uh, and how to approach that process um, and getting started you know, how do you how do you process that? The current statistics are changing, but we know that um, this year, the number of times someone has been uh, out of work is more has is a higher number than it used to be in years past. I am one that I have been laid off from jobs five times. That's not fired. That's actually laid off. Well, it, I, I can't say that. I've been fired. You know, <laughs> so uh, I've had four transitions in my career. And so uh, only one of those was really a, a formal layoff where a corporation actually had a workforce reduction program, which right. was a politically correct way of saying you're fired. Right. But Well, it's happened to me where it, in two cases I was looking for work either because I saw the writing on the wall or... I was unaware. In one case, I was unaware of the political stuff that was mm, going on behind. Yeah, almost, yeah, totally. And so it came as a huge surprise. And I think that is the scenario that's hardest when you're not prepared emotionally, much less uh, professionally for your next move. And when we when we're terminated outside of our own control, um, it, it really is jarring. It's uh, hard on the ego. It's hard on the finances because all of a sudden you often have to cover your own health benefits if you had them. And all of the expenses that come with not having work. Uh, it, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if anybody who's gone through it will know all of a sudden the way you take care of your bills changes. And this is Aren't they really... supposed to go away when you lose a yeah, job? Yeah, wouldn't I mean, that be nice? If you lose a job, you should lose all those expenses oh, that go with it. Oh, that would be it, great. Right? Well, then nobody would work. Um, <laughs> but it's good to acknowledge the fact that this is now a tough time. And as you're processing this, it, it's a moment of grief. You are losing your work family. You are losing the, the stability of all the plans you had made based on the income that you're on and the, the job that you have. And it's really hard in that moment to look at this as an advantage or a blessing or whatever word you want to use. Um, Don't it, you love it when people do that, though? They just come to you and say, "Oh, this is how you should be feeling." Oh, yeah. Rather or than you... this is a, a you know that that blessing in disguise. Well, you know something. I don't want it to be <laughs> right disguised now. right now. <laughs> I'm in shock. Yeah, I'm a little pissed off. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And so, if you are in this position, you the the listener, or if you know someone who is, here is an opportunity for empathy to really come in. Brene Brown does a really good talk on empathy, and you can find different pieces of it. Uh, online. Go to YouTube, Brene Brown. She's amazing. One of the things that she talks about is anytime you hear someone say, at least, and then goes on to talk about something worse, that's not empathy. That may be their attempt to being helpful. But in this moment, what somebody who has been laid off needs to hear is, you are not alone. I've been there, or I, I can appreciate where you are. You are not alone. If you need something, something, I'm here for you. And that by itself is really helpful. If only in the moment, it is still helpful. And if that's what you need to say to yourself, 
That's okay. Take a moment to breathe. Take some time. Yeah. It, it is a grieving process. And when I was laid off, it was a shock because my manager showed up. And he was an out-of-town manager from Seattle. He showed up one day unannounced. And I was like in the middle of putting together a deal, right? Because I was in sales. Um, and it was just kind of a shock to me. Yeah. And so my first inclination was to uh, be mad. I went through anger, uh, disbelief, doubt, uncertainty. I mean, I went through all these emotions. So I think it's perfectly fine to take time. It's it, healthy. It, it, to it take is healthy. Time. And the challenge that I had was maybe I took a little too much time. Well, to, to knowing that you're, yes. It, right? but, but knowing where you are now, I would challenge that idea. I don't think it, there is too much time. Every person is on his or her own timetable. And so for me, it may not take me as long as it did for you. And it may take me longer than somebody else. We also are sometimes in a position where we don't have time. We have to get back on the job search right away. So there are aspects of that where you want to temper that. You want to be careful about jumping in too much because you can overload yourself. It can be overwhelming and that's part of being human. It is not a weakness. It is not a liability. You will have to do what you have to do, but do things for yourself. Do things that, that energize you or bring you some kind of joy because this is not going to be an easy time and it's okay to take time for yourself when you need it. Um, it's I, like a coping mechanism. It is really. absolutely. I mean, this is a process. You know, when I was working, it was like, okay, my priorities totally changed. So when I was working, it was like, okay, there comes work and then my family and, you know, things like working out and all these other things got pushed to the back. But now I had bandwidth to do that kind of stuff. Right. And so that to me was kind of a coping mechanism. And so there are positive and negative sure. coping mechanisms. And, and but when you think about it, there's positive and negative all the time. So... Stop trying to should yourself. Don't, don't tell yourself you should be doing something other than what you're doing. Be in the moment. Practice you know, the self-care because that is going to benefit you longer than the time that you're not employed. As you're working through this, acknowledge the fact that you're going to need to take some time to yourself. That was the, probably the best thing I ever learned um, a couple of layoffs ago being okay with taking time off, taking time to take care of myself, to give myself permission to stop. It's probably one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself and it will help you in the long run. So don't beat yourself up. All of those emotions that you described, the disbelief, the anger and everything, all of those are typical of grief. If it helps to do a little bit of reading on grief, the different stages of grief and how to cope with each stage, that is probably going to help you get through your period of unemployment. It's helpful. Take care of yourself. And, and whether you're spiritual or not, I think leaning into some kind of spiritual family or a the moral affinity group, yeah. anything that you can do to get around people, I think is a positive thing. I agree. Because isolation is, I think, a doorway in, in some people's minds to depression. And so if you isolate yourself and, and leave yourself alone to your own devices, being out of work, since you're not going to a workplace anymore, that can be really dangerous. Right. Well, and 
I, I think depression is something that's worth discussing for a moment. Um, we know that the uh, rates of diagnoses for depression are going up uh, for a variety of reasons that we don't need to get into here, but I, I have several friends who are dealing with depression and anxiety on a regular basis. And as they have gone through their own employment issues, one of the things that, that they want to do is to withdraw. It's normal, it's natural, and it's okay. If they need to withdraw, they are going to. But what they have done, and, and I'm, the three people that I'm thinking of, in each case, they give themselves a time limit. So Like I'm, an allowance. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to just hole up and be a hermit for the next 24 hours, and then I'm going to get back out or I'm gonna do that for three hours, or I'm just gonna take one hour to go sit in the forest and just be my, by myself, whatever that looked like. But they gave themselves a time limit and then they made themselves get back up at the end of that. And they could build themselves up psychologically to do it, whether that's to go to a networking event or just to get together with friends, or maybe it's just with a family member that they trust and they, they feel good when they get together. Those are the kinds of things that start helping us get past that moment of grief, shock, shame, whatever that may be for us. So we get out there, we, we start to practice being social again. The other thing about being around people, I think it, it helps you still be social and articulate or at least share with vulnerability some of what you're going through. Right. So I think it's important that you have some place I wouldn't call it a safe place, but a place you can go, you know, whether that's you're lucky enough to get some kind of outplacement service as part of your separation package. Right. Not everybody's getting that. Right. Um, because the market's so good, a lot of companies feel like, well, gosh, you're going to have no problem getting a job, yeah. you, you know, um, and so they may not be paying for that. There are a lot of nonprofit uh, ministries or whatever you want to call them, volunteer organizations that you can lean into. But finding those organizations, I think, is really helpful to keeping you engaged in your recovery right. or processing of the grief. And it doesn't have to be a job seekers group. For those who want to get back into the search because that's what drives them, um, they have a style that is very much the extrovert and they want to get out there and connect with people or you know, make progress towards the goal of getting a new job. And that's where they get their energy by all means. Get out there and do that. For those who are more private or reserved, then maybe it's not the job search. Maybe it's not the networking opportunity. Maybe it's just going to a coffee shop and having a mindless conversation with a stranger or with a loved one. Whatever that looks like, practice having conversations with other people that make you feel good. I can tell you from my own experience that there were times where it was like I was laid off or I got separated from a company, meaning I was fired. And, and I'm happy to say that now because sometimes it's just not a fit. Right. And so it's either I'm going to quit or they're going to fire me. So there's so much judgment in that. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be there. Of course, well, Wh whatever we'll it is, there. I was separated right. and I needed a job. So I think there's pressure that you can put on yourself yes. unnecessarily. Correct. And thinking about that, if you go out and do the professional networking as soon as possible, if you really need work, uh, that's going to be a, a productive activity for you to do as long as you have your, your head on straight right. and you're approaching it in the right way. We have actually a whole series that we did on the anatomy of a networking conversation. Um, we also did uh, an episode, which actually is our most listened to episode, which was just professional networking for job search. Right. And so we'll leave that in the show notes. 
um, so that you can really know that that is a productive activity if you really need a job. The one thing I would say as, you know, just some advice is as you're having these professional networking conversations, remain vulnerable. Uh, too often we want to show our strength and we're out there and we're ready and we don't want to let on that maybe we're not happy with having been laid off or that we're not fully confident in the work that we do. Once we're working, that confidence will show. But it's okay to admit to people that, hey, I'm not okay with this situation. I'm looking for a job, not because I chose to, but because this is what happened. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. That candor actually helps people feel more connected with you because you're, you're opening yourself up. Mm. And when we think about how we model each other's behavior, if you open yourself up, the person you're talking to will probably open up as well. And then that interaction becomes more effective. I would take the audience approach, meaning I would make sure if I'm going to share and be vulnerable that it's with somebody I have some kind of trust with. Yes. I, I have empathy, but I don't have sympathy sometimes. When somebody drops their pity party on me, I often will rebuke it. I don't know another way to say it. Bitter party <laughs> one. <laughs> so when they come to me with their pity party, so I mean, just be cautious of you doing that. So if it's somebody that you don't have trust with, you might want to consider sharing with them, yes, you're not happy about the situation and you're using this networking interaction to process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, that's a really good point. Take it from a positive approach. You and I have known each other for long enough that if I come to you with a pity party, I'm probably expecting you to put me back on track and to get out of that. But then I trust you and I know where your heart is coming from. If we didn't know each other and I were to get that reaction from you, I probably would be hurt by that. So your point is really well taken. Know the audience or at least make some educated guesses. But as you're sharing these stories and you do open up, talk about the things that you want, not about the things that you used to have. If that, if the used to have sets up the context and maybe what you used to have isn't quite what you want in the future, that's really meaty information. So as you're telling the stories about what you want, then the other people that you're talking to can start making their own connections of, okay, if I find that kind of opportunity, I'm going to remember him. Talk about what you want, embellish the story uh, to, with the, the details of what you really would like to have in your next job, and the chances are better that the people around you will start to see the things that actually apply to you. It's taking the good from the job, even though you're separated from there. They gave you a set of skills that you enjoy using. Sure. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have stayed there. Yeah. So it's taking the good from that job and the things you'd like better in the next job. Yeah. And so combining those two things, that's a good narrative to share with people. And it kind of gets you through the coping of the grief right. because you can now see a, a, a future with potential. That's right. And as that potential becomes clearer in your mind, it will become clearer in your story. And that is the kind of conversation you want to take into your professional networking. When you go to industry events or association uh, mixers or whatever that might look like, or the job seekers groups as well. 
when you know what you want, when you know what you can bring to the table and the grief starts to subside, you're really starting to process this well, you know what you're going after, and you know whether it's the, the company that you're targeting or the industry that you want to move into or whatever, as you're starting into that professional network, you will have the confidence that you think you may lack. Here's the cool part about what you just said, and that is I, I wish that, um, I say I wish, if somebody had come to me when I was laid off and just put their arm around me and said, hey, here's what you need to do. I've been there. I know that experience. That's why we're doing this podcast, by the way. And here's what I'd want them to tell me. It's going to be okay, first yep. of all. Second of all, don't change what you're doing. Meaning, you used to get up at a certain time. Oh. You used to go someplace at a certain time. You used to maintain a schedule because that's how you got paid is that you showed up, you performed, and you got paid. Show up, perform, get paid, right? right. So if I'm going back to th this idea of looking for work, is that I should have a schedule that allows me to perform so that I can get paid. The, the one thing about that is it does not have to be the same schedule that you were on before. If you were getting up at 4.30 in the morning to get to a job by 6.00, and you that was too early for you, you don't well, if have you to hated get, it. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, it. If you like getting up at 4.30, by all means, get but up at 4.30. There's also the idea that it, to keep the schedule, there are a lot of people who say uh, looking for a job is a full-time job. Please, whatever you do, do not get up and start your job search online at 8 o'clock and sit in front of your computer until noon, get back to your computer at 1 and stay on it till 5. That is going to drive you insane. Get up and out. By all means, do your job search online. Maybe a total of a couple hours, whatever that looks like, but don't stay there. You are going to find much more progress and satisfaction in getting out. One of the things that I did was I spent an hour and a half at the gym every single weekday and I would talk to people at the gym. The idea that they see you every day, they're going to start having conversations with you because they know they can trust that you're coming back. You build those relationships, start having conversations. It's practice. It's practicing working those muscles, your networking muscles, not just your physical. But there are physical benefits to it. And speaking of stuff like that, the networking skills, all these skills that you do in job search, maybe the total opposite of what you did for your job or the skills that are required to do your job. So I wish somebody, again, if they had come to me and yeah. said, okay, hey, the skills that you need to be successful in job search may not be the ones you already have. So you're gonna have to learn some new skills. If somebody had come to me and said, these are the three or four things, that's the one thing along with the schedule that I wish they would have told me. Sure, absolutely. And that individual who says that to you is probably the per the first person that you can then turn to to say, help me develop those skills. But there are people who want to help and they surround us. If we don't know who they are, that is the, the effort we need to make is to find them. Stay connected, get in the community, process whatever grief that you're going through. And by all means, lean into an opportunity to, to be better and right. to become better. It's, it's part hard. of that process. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard to, to, to come out of a situation, especially when you've been terminated outside of your control. It wasn't your choice to then say, okay, what lessons can I learn? Because you're going to go through those stages of grief. That is the end result that's going to pay off the most. If you can take what you've learned from 
not only the job that you had, but the layoff experience. What did you learn in that? How did you react? What could you have done differently? What do you feel that you did really well in that experience? And take that forward. The learning never stops. Well, this is great. We covered a lot of ground in this episode. You shared a lot of things with me that I hadn't heard from you before, so I appreciate that. And hopefully you as an audience also appreciate all the sharing, all the information. What we'd appreciate from you is that if you need any of the resources that we talked about in this episode, please go to our website. It's jobseekersradio.com forward slash 027, and you'll get all the show notes there. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We acknowledge your investment of time and attention, and we really appreciate it. Head on over to iTunes if you have a moment. You might already be in iTunes listening to this episode, so it's not a big deal. If you need a link to iTunes, it's in the show notes at the website. If you could go there, please, and leave a rate and review for this podcast, it'd really help us know how we can do better as a team to support you. Plus, if you have questions that you'd like to ask us, that's a great spot to put it in. We will be continuing to answer questions as episodes here. Give us give us a shout out. Let us know what we can do to help you. I mean, that's, that's why we're doing this. We want to be helpful. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.